football is back and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By, Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I appreciate you spending a slice of your busy day with me here on the pod. Reacting to... A loss in Utah, and hopefully not a greater loss than the scoreboard, 122 to 110. Of course, I'm talking about Nikola Jokic. Not going to spend too, too much time here on the podcast today, but I did want to get just a few thoughts uh, out of my head when it came to uh, Tuesday night's loss on TNT to a really, really good Utah Jazz team. I mean, seriously, and... I don't think this is like using my imagination. Utah could be the number one seed in the Western Conference. Uh, they're 3-0 and right now. Only Golden State at 4-0 and has a better record. Uh, they are an incredible regular season team. Uh, it remains to be seen if they can be an incredible postseason team. Uh, but right now, just the construct of the Jazz, <clears throat> they're really good. So it was already going to be a tall task anyway. Um, according to my friends at Superbook, the uh, spread on the game heading into Utah with Jokic was the Jazz were a, a seven-point favorite, I believe it was, seven, seven and a half. Uh, so it was already going to be a task. Without Jokic, it would seem like an impossibility, but that's actually not the way that it unfolded. There was a stretch in the second half of that basketball game where I thought that the Nuggets actually had a chance to win. Like when when Jokic when Jokic got knocked out of the game. I and I tweeted this. I said, you know, the, the, these Nuggets are in big trouble if that guy doesn't come back. Big big, big trouble. And that happened uh you know, late in the second quarter or, or I don't forget the exact time, but uh in that second quarter there. I I thought they were going to lose by 25. There they were at the start of the fourth quarter. It's a one-point game. It's it's 90 to 91. You know, you're uh, nearly midway through uh, that fourth quarter, and it's it's a five-point game. It's a two-possession game. Now, you know, and eventually uh, larger that uh, sample in the fourth quarter stretched out, it, it became more obvious that uh, the Nuggets were not going to, to win that game. But, you know, it was still single digits with five minutes left in the game. And, and I think that um, in large part, there's a couple guys that really – uh, deserve a lot of credit uh, after last night. And, you know, hopefully last night is uh, forgettable for the Jokic reason, and hopefully his his knee is fine. I'm, I'm going to get to that in just a second. Um, but I thought Aaron Gordon uh, was just flat-out terrific. Aaron Gordon, uh, I thought, played with force, but at the same time was still under control for the most part. All right, now... I, and I've talked about it a, a little bit here uh, on the Mile High Hoops podcast that 
I'm really not a fan when Aaron Gordon comes out of himself, particularly when it comes to putting the basketball uh, on the floor and trying to play off off the bounce with power. I think he loses the basketball a lot, whether it's just simply losing the handle, dribbling off his foot. Um, he, he, he is a, a big, strong athlete, and I think that his, mm, how should I say, lack of super refined skill set around the basket often leads itself to offensive charges because he just sometimes just bowls guys over. And sometimes it doesn't get called, and it leads to a slam dunk, and he gets all fired up and flexes, and that's great. Uh, but other times I think he can come outside of himself and, and be the, uh, a lesser version of himself and thus hurt the basketball team. That's not what happened uh, on Tuesday night against the Jazz. Uh, now, he did have four turnovers, and, and, and that's not – you don't want to be dismissive of that. Um, but, you know, 20 points, 9 for 13 shooting. What is that, nearly 70% from the floor? Now, he didn't, he didn't make a three, and at one point it was kind of ugly. They were baiting him to, 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 to shoot it in the second half, and he, he didn't hit anything and, and, of course, heard about it from the crowd. Um, but uh, I thought it was a really good game. Got to the free throw line a couple times. Uh, he's always left more to be desired in the rebounding category, considered his size and athleticism. But seven rebounds—that I, I thought that was fine. Um, but uh, I thought it was—I thought it was his best game so far this year. I did. I thought it was his best game so far uh, this year. Maybe with his game against Phoenix to open the season, where he was five of six from the floor for for twelve points and eight rebounds. Not anything that's going to shatter the stat sheet or make you double take. Uh, uh, looking at the box score, but uh, that was the closest thing to what we saw last night. Uh, just efficient basketball, but also you know playing with great energy and great force. And Mike Malone talked about it after the game, said that if we can get that version of of Aaron Gordon, the aggressive version, you know, again, you got to walk that line uh, with Aaron Gordon because he is not he is not a some you know great player that's going to rescue the team. Although last night. I mean, last night, it seemed like the combination of Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, and Monte Morris just may bail the team out. And, and that would have been among the most signature wins that they've had in, in recent memory. But uh, uh, g- going to Barton, I thought Barton was uh, terrific. I just thought the grit of the basketball team in the second half to not just hang their head, woe is me, this is going to be a loss, we're without our MVP, we're already without Jamal. What are you going to do, go into Utah and win without Jamal and Jokic? Well, it felt like they were going to, you know, they were close to pulling it off there for a second. I thought Will Barton, um, who, you know, if you're on social media during the games, we talked about this. He is a lightning rod uh, for for criticism. Uh, but I thought he was great. 21 points, 9 of 16 from the field. Good job, man. Good job. I know he's looking for more assists right now. He only had three of them. But good job. Good job there from Will Barton. And Monte Morris, I thought, uh, really, you, you know, you hope a game like that is um, a corner-turning game uh, because Monte has not played particularly well uh, so far this season. I think leading up to last night, his best game was probably uh, on Friday night against San Antonio, was in the house for that one, uh, where he shot 50% from uh, the field. He still struggled from three uh, against the Spurs a couple games back, but uh, he was in double figures there and and played efficiently. Um, But I thought last night, or Tuesday night rather, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, Tuesday night in Utah was his best game of the season. Uh, so it, it's, it's something to build off of. Um, obviously, you know, you, you don't want to count moral victories and a loss because it's professional sports. It's the NBA. Uh, but at the same time, I thought we saw a few things uh, that uh, particularly those three, Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, and Monte Morris, 
can build off of. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, continues to be a bit of an enigma uh, so far this season. Uh, five of 18 from the floor. A couple of those came, I think, late. One in particular came, came very late. Um, you know, just not... He's just, it's just not sinking up for him yet. And I say yet because we're all hoping that it's coming. Uh, but, you know, of the 18 field goals that he took, 11 of them were threes. The problem was he, he made just three of those. Um, you know, 13 points. Now, he did have nine rebounds. I thought he was much more active uh, on the glass than he had been. Uh, but, you know, you're not seeing any dynamic offensive player. I mean, obviously not seeing a dynamic defensive player, but offensively he is looking like a one-trick pony. And, you know, what can you do when your shot's not falling? Like, you you, you get taught from the time that you are, you know, in, in peewee basketball, seven years old, eight years old, ten years old, that, you know, go to the basket, right? And when you're six foot ten, now think about this, think about this sentence. Michael Porter Jr. is six ten, six ten and a half, right? He played twenty. Uh, he played thirty-four minutes against Phoenix. He played twenty-seven minutes against the Spurs. He played twenty-seven minutes once again on Monday night against Cleveland. Then he played thirty-nine minutes, thirty-nine against the Utah Jazz. All right, that's a hundred and twenty-seven minutes of basketball. That is a big old sample size. All right, one hundred and twenty. Now, is it what it will be even a week from now? No, of course not. But I'm talking about in, in four games. He played a bunch. Okay. He's taken one free throw. One free throw. Four basketball games. 127 minutes. One free throw. Like that to me is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And I'm hoping that someone on that coaching staff, if not Mike Malone himself, is echoing that same sentiment. It's unacceptable. You cannot just stay on the perimeter and chuck. All right? His only free throw of the season came in the first game when he was driving down the middle of the lane and DeAndre Ayton just just not a very good basketball play at all. He just reached out and sort of swiped down at the basketball, hoping to strike gold and get all, get all ball. He didn't. MPJ's momentum kept going, and he finished a left-handed layup. Like, that's his free throw attempt in four games. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And, you know, we talked about this on the last episode reacting to the Cleveland loss. You know, the free throws attempted and rebounds, both offensively and defensively, are two of the biggest indicators that this game, that this sport has to measure your level of assertion. And so I hope that, you know, watching the film that uh, he's seeing some of the creases that I'm seeing and he takes advantage in some of the angles uh, that he hasn't so far. Not everything can be a step back. Not everything can be a you know tough shot, and it, it, it's a little bit concerning that that's still how he's trying to skin the cat. And there's more than one way. There's more than one way, and and he needs to figure out another way because right now he's just not very. He's not a very effective basketball player. Had a good start to the game, like you know he finishes with 13 points, but uh, I think it was seven of those were were in the first quarter. He was three of six to start the game, and and I and I you know wrote in my notes. I'm always taking notes as I'm watching the game, and I just wrote to myself like MPJ is so fun to watch when a shot is falling because he makes it. It looks like, and this is going to sound weird if you're not like a basketball guy, but like his shot is sexy. Like it's like you know I've used this comparison. Like I I just want to put a quarter in the machine and and, and watch you shoot. 
Like when he's out there warming up before the game against the Spurs, like I'm just sitting there just watching him shoot. It's 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 awesome when those shots are falling. But you got to have another blade in your Swiss Army knife as a basketball player uh, to be effective if that one blade is dull on any particular night. So for him to start, you know, three of six from the floor, he had seven points and three rebounds in in, in the first quarter to just finish with six more over the next three quarters. So so think about that. Six total points from MPJ in the last three quarters of basketball. Boy, I mean, gosh, it's not good. It's not good, and and it's not even close to good. That's that's part of the issue. It's It's not even close to the expectation that we had coming in. I still believe there's plenty of time for him to turn it around. I think that he will, but uh, I was hoping to see more uh, by now. I don't need to see the completed project, but I need to see progress. That that that's that's what we're not seeing enough of right now. Uh, when it come uh, came to Nikola Jokic, neon knee, man, I've been there, man, I've been there. If you play basketball long enough, so have you. I played about every single day for 15 consecutive years, and I've probably caught I don't know. Maybe eight to 12 of these. Uh, They're painful as hell. And the best advice I would give is you can't just stay on the ground. You got to get up and start walking. You got to get up and start walking. And eventually you'll walk that thing off. But in the moment when it happens, you feel like it's like an ACL. You feel like you just ripped your meniscus or MCL or whatever. Uh, It's very, very painful. Uh, from just a, a pain tolerance standpoint, it is it's the real deal. Um, now I'm not saying that it's it it can't be serious, but I just don't think that it is. Uh, from my from my own basketball acumen, watching the play, how it happened. I'm not a doctor. Maybe it comes out at the time I'm recording this. It's a Tuesday afternoon. Um, it's or no, excuse me. What am I talking about? It's Wednesday afternoon. Uh, just got done with the radio show here uh, in Denver. Um, so I'm a little bit fried, but um, yeah, it, it's unless we hear something, and and I'll gladly raise my hand and admit that I'm wrong. I'm honestly expecting him to play against the Mavericks uh, on Friday night at eight o'clock on ESPN. Uh, he wanted to play in the second half. It looked like he was trying to get it going. Um, I thought it was a very wise move because because Mike Malone. Because you can say, like, yeah, of course that's the move. You, you don't let him play in the second half. But a lot of times Mike Malone is just, he gets caught in the moment and he's trying to win a damn basketball game. And Jokic is going to give him a better chance to do that. Uh, but uh, that's that's not what we saw. Cooler heads, uh, wisdom prevailed uh, when he, when Jokic said that it was weak. Uh, that's the right move. Why risk it? You know, he probably could have played, but, but, but why risk it? At the end of the day, it is still game four, right? So you don't want to be a you know, caught in the moment too much, and next thing you know, uh, you're doing more damage to it, or you know, putting more pressure on it. And you wake up feeling terrible, uh, and then and then that bleeds into the Mavericks game. Uh, so we'll we'll see what the latest report is here in the next 24 hours uh, as uh, that information becomes available. But I think Jokic is going to be just fine. Uh, the Mavs on deck. Uh, just mentioned it's going to be on uh, ESPN, so everyone will be able to watch. Uh, the fact that I have to still say that pains me, but that's just the truth. And by the way, so like if you're a Comcast customer in the Denver Metro, enjoy this one because unless you're going to pirate it, uh, you're looking at the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 
11, 12 basketball games not being legally televised. Now, two of those are on NBA TV, but we know that those games get blacked out here. So it sucks, uh, but enjoy that one on Friday night or figure out a way to watch it. I know a lot of folks have done that. You shouldn't have to do that, um, but I know a lot of folks do. It just kind of is what it is. Uh, I also uh, hear on the tail end of this, massive shout-out to Superbook Sports, who is now the proud sponsor of the Mile High Hoops podcast. Uh, This is significant for me because for the first time ever, I am going to be getting paid to do the podcast. Now, of course, I get paid here at the radio station I work for, but this is entirely different. It is entirely, uh, uh, it is um, not a requirement of of me. Um, The reason that we started doing this podcast uh, four seasons ago is because it was the thought at the time from my then boss, Armin Williams, who I I love dearly, uh, that the, that the, formula was to talk Broncos as much as possible because this is such a Broncos town. And while I still will not refute that because that's just the, that's just the facts. Um, my uh, current boss has been more liberal and allowed me to kind of, you know, just control the content of the show and be judicious with the way I divvy it up. So technically like, you know, we don't have to have the mile highways podcast, but I can't imagine not doing it. It's been so fun. Uh, I know a lot of you out there have gotten a kick out of it over the last four years. And, I, and for that, I sincerely appreciate it, uh, appreciate you. Um, and I really, really appreciate Superbook Sports for uh, supporting me and getting involved with this. And we're going to try to do a kick-ass podcast uh, multiple times a week, a double-down commitment from here at the station. And I'm really, really looking forward to continue to uh, recording these episodes. All right, we'll leave it there for now. Friday night, Luca and the Mavs. ESPN, 8 o'clock, and you know that whatever happens in that game against Dallas, we'll be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Football is back, and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help.